Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Doc Tales. If you have not joined us before, this is an afternoon event we do bi-weekly. It is at the traditional Doc Tales time, which is when many loopers out on the water are all set in their anchorage or tied up at their marina for the night, and it's traditional to grab a cocktail, also known as a Doc Tale, and enjoy some stories of the day. So this is Doc Tales with a T-A-L-E-S. Um, because it is stories of the Great Loop. And today I am thrilled to have Bill and Mindy Ryan with me. They are, I believe, our newest gold loopers. Um, just finished the Great Loop last week. So, Bill and Mindy, welcome. Thanks for being here with us. Howdy, Kim. And ahoy, Howdy. loopers. <laughs> ahoy. Um, welcome. We're glad to have you both here with us to tell the story um, because it, it certainly is interesting. We have had very few people report completion of the loop to us so far this year because so many people were not cruising during 2020. Um, but let's start off with just kind of tell us why you decided to do the Great Loop. Yeah, well, that's a great question. Um, it seemed like the thing to do. I had got introduced to the Intracoastal Waterway in the 80s, I think, late 70s, early 80s with my dad who moved a boat from Fort Lauderdale to New York and at that time, we didn't have aquamaps and navionics and 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 GPS. Oh, by the way, um, for boaters, so it was a different experience. And we had the waterway guide. And the thing that I was most moved by was uh, Walter Cronkite, quite a sailor, wrote the foreword, and it said, "A trip on the Intracoastal can last a day, a week." Or a lifetime and we have that quote on our webpage today so and it's true so when we started transitioning out of horses and uh, it became my turn to do my life thing uh, which was be close to the water and be on a boat it seemed like a natural progression find the right boat go make the trip and here we are yeah well, and you, know, you talked about you had been a boater before, um, but we have so many members of AGLCA and so many people in our Facebook group that are still planning and preparing and maybe don't have as much experience as you started off with when you kind of started your Great Loop journey. But tell us a little bit about how you went about planning and preparing and making sure that the boat and yourselves were, were ready for the trip. Well, first of all, uh, I tell people this is this is not my boat. This is Mindy's boat, and she lets me drive it. Um, we've learned over the last three years or four uh, that there is no perfect boat. This one comes pretty close. Mindy had a list. I thought twin diesels, 44 foot for starters, and because Mindy is the ship's bursar, she said, uh, no, 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 36 is plenty big enough and small enough for us to handle comfortably, plus the difference between 36 and 44 times $2 a night, that's $16. Like how many nights are you going to dock this thing? There's a financial consideration. Why do you need two engines? That's a whole other argument on the form, I know. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to go there. Both of those are good solutions. Uh, single engine was adequate for us. We only had one incident, and it was this this year on the west coast of Florida, where we had to do an emergency anchor drop because we had an engine problem. And, and it was an over temp. 
we got that rectified. And other than that, we never really felt the need for two engines. So picking the boat, um, this particular boat is 36 feet long. It's got a single engine. It's got a rear cabin with a walk-around queen bed. That was on Mindy's list. It's got two staterooms that are separated, another item on her list. It's got two separate heads. It's got no ladders, only stairs, and it's got no significant wood above decks and the weather to maintain. So for us, this works pretty good. Um, tell us about, uh, so you're aboard the MV Harkin. So tell us what uh, what's the make and model of the boat? This is a Heritage East uh, Sun Deck Trawler, 36 foot. Okay, so that kind of gives us a little bit of the details and you've shared some of the features, but any other details about, um, I guess it's single engine. Single engine, bow thruster, mm -hmm. and we get in and out of the locks and away from the dock just fine. Mm -hmm. And how far in advance of taking off for the Great Loop did you actually purchase Harkin? Well, how far in advance from when it, we it planned? Was 2016, we purchased here. Mm -hmm. And then we started the loop in 2018. Right. And let's be clear about this. I was ready to go. And our daughter called and said, Mom, Dad, get married. And Mindy said, we're not going anywhere right now. We're just, <laughs> just we're dead. So we had, we bought the boat in Portsmouth. I moved it down between Thanksgiving and Christmas. The first year we parked it here in Jacksonville for the winter and spent a year kind of benchmarking the boat and and took it out a couple of times, got to know it a little bit. And uh, and that's that's how we got started. But we did have a year delay. Yes, and that's a very good reason to have a delay. So Mindy, I yes. agree with you. That's a perfect reason to wait. Um, and we just got a comment from Roy Eatons. Uh, he's enjoying the conversation so far. So good to see you, Roy. Those of you who don't know Roy, he is based on Georgian Bay. He runs a cruiser's net there and just presented for us at the Virtual Spring Rendezvous about Georgian Bay and did a fabulous job. Um, so hi, Roy. It's nice to see you. Anyone else who is watching, we can take your comments. If you type them there into the Facebook comments, we can see them from here. There's a slight delay, so we might be a few seconds before we uh, see your comment or get a chance to answer your question. But we love to make these interactive, so feel free to... Uh, type in your questions for Bill and Mindy or just your shout outs or uh, your comments. So we're looking forward to hearing from you. So tell us about the name, Harkin. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, There's usually a good story behind the boat's name. There's a number of related definitions that uh, goes to that. And we actually put some of them on the back of our boat card. Uh, it has a fraternal meaning to my Lambda Chi Alpha brothers around the country. And when we pull into a port where I know there may be some, they will see our Lambda Chi banner flying from the anchor light and they see the name and they go, I get it. But to, uh, to be a little more specific, there's a couple of things. It means be open to listening, pay attention, uh, pay attention to the wind, the waves, to your gut, um, explore, and take it all in. There's a, there's a link to a biblical passage that 
probably means most uh, to loopers or people thinking about doing the loop, and that is um, uh, there's a passage that says, uh, um, all men shall perish and, and flesh will turn to dust. And if, if you understand what is important about that, hearken to my voice. And that's, to me, that says, if you're thinking about doing it, get on with it, because we're all going to die, and we don't know when, and if this is on your bucket list, don't put it off. Excellent. And that, that is really interesting that there's kind of three meanings to you behind it, and all of them are fitting for the boat and for the loop. So I love to ask the question about the boat name, because there's always an interesting story, and, and most people have such a clever boat name. Um, that it's, it's great how you come up with that. So you mentioned that you bought the boat in 2016, had a daughter getting married, so didn't leave right away, but left in, in 2018. Um, were you doing anything in that 2016 to 2018 time period to prepare? Did the boat need any work? Were you doing any um, brushing up on your boating skills? What was kind of the preparation process for you? Um, a lot of reading on uh, Skipper Bob and all those you know, publications that talk about all the things that happen on the loop and uh, places to go. Um, we did a significant amount of work. Um, probably didn't need all of the things that we did, but we're glad that we did them. So we've got really decent fenders. We upgraded all the electronics, radar, chart plotter, depth sounder. We put a spotlight on the boat that it didn't have before. We wound up using that on our first day. Um, that's a whole other story. Um, we put a new windlass on the boat and we used that on our first day. And again, at the Alligator River when they wouldn't open the bridge, um, happy to have all that work done. We did have the local Cummins mechanic come and kind of benchmark the, the engine. We had the uh, we had the boat pulled and did a bottom job on it, so it was brand new bottom paint, ready to go, uh, and all new batteries. Um, I think those are the big things that we did. Except the interior. Oh, and the, okay, so that's, you're right. Those are all the boat things, exterior, navigation, seamanship, all of that. That was my department now. The chairs that we're sitting in, all new, the rug on the floor, the mattress, the table that the computer's sitting on, uh, the, and that's all Minnie's department, and it's beautiful. All of the, the comforts of home, so to speak. Uh, you mentioned something when we were talking about the boat name that I do want to go back to for a moment. You mentioned that the different, some of the different meanings of parking is on the back of your boat card. So for those who are new to the loop and new to AGLCA and looping, explain the boat card. Okay. Um, the uh, most boaters, almost all boaters on the loop have a, a little business card. And on it is typically a picture of your boat and contact information. Um, people put different things on the back perhaps, you know, where we met, uh, date and time, uh, location. 
So we have a collection of all these cards from boaters that we've encountered along the way. So it's it's sharing. It's uh, it's kind of a way to stay in touch and go back three years later and go back and say, you know, we need to call uh, Justified and tell them we're here, that, that kind of thing. So it's really nice to have a way to, uh, and, and some people put a picture of the crew on the boat, or on the card, ours does not include that, but it does include a picture of the boat and contact information for Mindy and for me and websites and all that. How did you design yours? Did you, um, you know, did you do this design yourself and where did you order the cards? Because we get that question a lot. I did. Um, I started with a concept and uh, went to Vista Print and talked to him on the phone and I said, this is what I'm thinking. Here's what I've got to start with. They made some suggestions and we kind of negotiated and when we got all done, a little give and take, we got a book card. Excellent. So any idea how many others boat cards you collected around the loop? Um, there's a, we ran out of room in the, in the folder that we've got. So there's got to be <laughs> 200 easily. Mm -hmm. So we've got a comment for you. Hopefully you can see that. Um, Larry says, it looks like the trip of a lifetime. Glad you didn't mess it up from a fellow chopper. That, uh, a fraternity brother there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'm proud to say that uh, you're talking to Sigma Phi One. You'll know what that means. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Good to know. Welcome, Larry. So um, you started your loop in 2018. Where did you start from? Jacksonville, right from where we're sitting at right now. Okay, and kind of walk us through a rough a rough timeline. It, uh, you, as we said, you just crossed your wake, so it, it took you about three years. Roughly. Right. Um, so kind of walk us through the timeline. Were you continuously aboard on those three years, or did you take no. some breaks here and there? We were, the way things worked out time-wise, we were really lucky to get to do everything that we did. And um, um few lessons to be learned here. First of all, the very first thing that we did that you should never, ever, 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 ever do is agree to be at a particular place at a particular time. Um, we knew that that was not recommended, and we did it anyway. I did it anyway. <laughs> Let's make sure we're clear about that, that fine point there. Right. I did it. Mea culpa. I did it. Um, we have a, we have a dear friend that I did some work with uh, in years past who lives in London. He's a retired um, British Army officer, and just lost our camera. What happened? There we go. We're back. Okay. Um, so he said, "Oh, you know, wonderful idea." And I'm so looking for. And he, by the way, I've got cousins that live outside of Manhattan, and I'm planning a trip there. Is, is there any possibility you could be in New York Harbor on May 1st? And I said, absolutely. We'll be there. And we took off March the 18th from Jacksonville. We had, we, we met, by the way, if, you've, if you're a member of the group, put your Burgey out front uh, as soon as you can. 
we were greeted by a, a guy that just finished the loop three years ago. His name is Jim Bach. He was on a boat called Living the Dream. His boat was here in this marina. He had just come to the marina. We were here even before he got here. And he saw the birdie out front and said, hey, you doing the loop? I said, yeah, I'm doing the loop. And uh, he said, well, listen, here's if you need anything, here's my car keys. Go, you know, take it. Go. I said, what are you talking about? We just met. He said, yeah, 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 I get it. But we had so many people kind to us around the loop. I've got to pay that back. And he was a huge help. So on the day that we left from here, he said, I'll go with you as far as Jekyll Island and kind of help Mindy get used to handling lines or putting fenders out or putting her mind at ease, whatever. I'll be there to ease you guys into this. And I said, great. So he also had a girlfriend who was living up in Brunswick, Georgia, that he was eager to go see. We had arranged to have dinner at Jekyll Island. And on our way up there, everything that could possibly go wrong, well, not everything possible, but a number of things that could go wrong on your trip around the loop happened to us on day one. We shouldn't have left the dock. The wind was up. By the time we got into Sisters Creek and headed north, uh, the chop was getting pretty good. And all of a sudden, here comes Coast Guard or Border Patrol, one of the two. They want to board us. And he said, why do you think they want to board us? And I looked around and I said, because they're out here and they've got a job to do and they don't have anybody else to pick on. We're all alone, so they're going to come and see us. And also, if we're out here when we probably shouldn't be, they might think we're up to something we shouldn't be up to. So here they come. So we got boarded. Mm -hmm. And then as we're approaching the marina, or Andrew Sound, for those of you who've been up and down the East Coast, know how notorious that can be. Uh, sure enough, Jekyll Island, when we talked to them on the phone, they said, don't come. Don't come. The waves are breaking over the face dock. Drop your anchor, wait it out. And, and unless you want to take this other little course around the back, it's marked. It's not all that well maintained. We said, okay, we'll, we'll do that. And, and, and by the time we get to where we're going, the weather will subside. And we were right between the red and the green markers about an hour before low tide. And we hit the mud. And we weren't moving. And the water kept going down. And the boat kept leaning over. And Mindy kept leaning out the side trying to keep it from tipping. And Jim and I are looking at each other and said, well, you know, what are we going to do? And we said, we're going to sit here and we're going to wait for the tide to come in. And the boat comes up and off we go. And sure enough, but that's why the light that we put on the boat and the radar that we put on the boat before we left both paid for themselves on day one. And I turned <laughs> and I said, here's the good news, dear. This is as bad as it will ever be. It'll never be this bad again. I promise. I lied. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting to see if, if, if that promise was able to be kept. Yeah, and then uh, leaving out of, of uh, our favorite little 
bed and breakfast place down there in North Carolina. Um, River Forest Manor. River Forest Manor. We have history at River Forest Manor because we were stationed in Goldsboro in the Air Force and had been there back in the day. We left River Forest Manor with a, a buddy boat that we had just met. And we looked at each other and said, you know, if we stay, we're going to be here for three days. If we hurry up and go, we'll be ahead of the weather. Remember, May 1st, New York Harbor, we're going to go. And we get up there and we're well past the point of no return. And there's nowhere to stop, nowhere marina to pull in. And the bridge at the Alligator River said, we can't swing the bridge when the winds are above 30 knots. And guess what? The winds are at 35. So all y'all out there, drop your anchor. There were four boats, including a tow. And we're all anchored, waiting for the wind to die down, for the bridge to open. And we were seven hours on the hook and going up and down and up and down. Um, that was a learning experience. So as, as um, I think one of the, the gold loopers we had on, uh, their advice was to always wait for better, better weather, <laughs> which right. goes hand in hand with the, the whole, you know, not having a schedule. Um, and, and you know, thanks New York, I'm sorry, after New York Harbor, we did not, you know, we said that's it. But to, to get back to the, the, the reason that the rest of the trip transpired like it did, when we got to... Uh, Winter Harbor up uh, in New York, we had been through some of the locks on the Erie Canal. Mindy was, she'd been through a lot. And we got to to uh, Brewerton and she said, I think we need a little break. And I was quick to say, you know what? You've earned a little break. We keep using the word little, and that's a vague term, because we left the boat and went back to Texas. And about a week went by, and I said, okay, little is over. And she said, why don't you call your buddy Jim that made the first day with us? You deserve to go to Canada. I'm going to stay here. I'll catch up. So okay. So Jim Bach and I took the boat up to um Lake Ontario, then went down the St. Lawrence all the way to Montreal, all to Lachine, and then back up the Ottawa River and then came down the Rideau Canal. And it didn't take very long at all for me to say, this is just wrong. Mindy's got to see this. This is as much her trip as, as mine. Mm -hmm. And this is beautiful. So I told Jim, and he was disappointed when I said, when we get back to um, Kingston, I want to take the boat straight back across the lake, put it up at Winter Harbor for the winter early, and call it a call it a cruising season. And then I'll go home to Texas, and Bindi will come back in the spring, and we'll continue. And that's what we did. So the following year, the two of us came back. Mindy and I came back to the boat, went to Trent Severn, did all that stuff. Um, and we were so lucky to get the both canals behind us and get in and out of Canada before the COVID thing hit. And then and then we got, and then of course we had the lock closures on the Illinois River and all that to deal with and the timing. Uh, and from there we wound up at Aqua Yacht Harbor for uh, Pickwick Lake on the Tennessee River 
for our next winter and then COVID happened. So that that's kind of our progression. Yeah. yeah. So, so I want to ask Mindy, Mindy if you want to take the break and then not ready to go back after a couple of weeks. Was it the experiences with the bad weather when you were on your way to New York or was there you know something else that just made you say this isn't the right time? Um, yeah, it, it, was just the right time. I needed um, a little more of a decompression mm -hmm. um, because of experiences that we've gone through. Mm -hmm. And and uh, but I was looking forward to starting again and, and getting in to see Canada. Yeah, oh, and I love that you've shared that part of your story because I think it's um, really important that you know maybe you were knew what was going to make it a, a happy trip for you, you know, a trip that you wanted as well. Um, and I'm so glad that that Bill gave you that, you know, the room to do that. And I think there's a lot of couples that can really learn from that story that it doesn't all have to be done at once. If you need a break, you can take that break and to, you know, give each other that space. And, and you, you know, maybe also, uh, you know, wonderfully told him if he wanted to continue to continue. And I just love that he did. And then said, I, I can't do this without Mindy really needs to see this. So I love that part of the story and I'm glad you, you shared that because I think there's a lot of, of couples who will hear that and it'll spark some thoughts and some discussions um, because it doesn't have to be done all at once. So thank you for that. Um, Susan Webb, um, she is greetings. She's uh, part of the crew of Reverie. Um, Sue and Pete, uh, she's checking out your website and she's having a, a an insecure warning. So she just wanted to let you know that in case there is a problem with the site. Yeah. I, I just became aware of that, so I'm going to make a phone call to Bluehost and get it fixed. But it'll be back up here in the next couple of days. Okay. And, again, for those watching us on Facebook, we are very uh, happy to take your comments, your questions. If you have questions for Bill and Mindy um, or for me, feel free to type them into the comments on Facebook. We can see them here and then answer your questions or address your comments um, if they, uh, or even just shout out. So feel free to do that. Uh, so basically, after the, the long winter uh, that where you laid the boat up at um, in Brewerton, uh, continuing on, that would have been 2019, if I'm doing yes. that correct. Mm -hmm. So you continued on. The 2019 lot closure was anticipated to be short on the Illinois Waterway. Ended up taking much longer than they had thought it would take. Um, so the opening date, if I'm remembering correctly, ended up being somewhere around October 11th. Um, which is later in the season than most loopers would be still on Lake Michigan. So how did you handle that? How did you handle the timing? Um, most loopers would not want to be actually still cruising down the lake in October. Um, so were you tied up somewhere waiting, waiting it out? Tell us how that all happened for you. We just, we just stayed busy with, yeah, we kept moving and, uh, um, we you came, knew you wanted to be out of Chicago. On a certain, at a certain time frame. We wanted to get, yeah, we did. We wanted to get through Chicago, and um, that was really cool going downtown Chicago, right down the river. I highly recommend it. Um, and we got to Joliet, and uh, I had a, a, a roommate from pilot training came and joined us in Chicago and then rode with us down to Joliet. And, 
enjoyed that part of the trip. Um, I think that we, we just kept talking to the lock people and figuring out when is it going to be open. And it was one of those at one of those times when it was only going to be available to private traffic before six in the morning or after six at night. And there were very short windows of opportunity. And then there was this, well, we're going to make it unrestricted for this three day weekend uh, uh, period. So then it, it, uh, we just, we just kind of got lucky. Let me say this about those locks with all of the work that was going on and some of the delays that happened. Um, comment about traveling with buddy boats. Um, you don't need to have a flotilla and you don't have to have a buddy boat, but when you've got that burgee out in front and you make an instant connection with other boaters, there were there was two other boats besides us that were moving moving on down. Speedy delivery was one of them. And the other one was a sailboat that was um, Happy Trails. And we're waiting and waiting for the lock to open and we're kind of station keeping and all of a sudden Happy Trails says, I can't control the boat. My, I have no, I don't know if I've lost my propeller or what the problem is, but I can't put it in forward gear. I put it in gear, I put it in reverse and the boat won't move. And remember, we're on a river and it's moving toward the dam. We're all moving toward the dam and here's a boat that has no power. So we came alongside them and lashed them to our boat and got everybody calmed down and um, they were able to get down in the engine room and find out what the problem was. And they didn't lose their prop. They lost the connection. There's two plates where the transmission and the engine come together and bolts that hold that as one unit. And the bolts were in the bilge. And he was able to locate those. And while he was doing that repair in real time, the lock opened up and we actually kind of ferried their boat into the lock, lashed to us, got, and then he said, we got it. And we, we waited till we got to the other side of the lock and cut them loose and everything was great. But having, um, you know, mutual support along the way, especially on water that's moving is pretty cool. Yeah. And that's another story. I thank you for sharing because, um, Really, loopers do look out for each other out there um, for the most part. And that's, you know, something that's always nice because there's enough of us that we're never quite alone, which is, is is really comforting and really helpful. And as you were talking about the situation with the locks, I, I did recall that in 2019 that the work was of a nature that they did open them for a long holiday weekend. And there were a couple of other windows here and there. So I'm glad you were able to get through during those and didn't have to wait. Uh, there's another closure scheduled for those watching. Um, in 2023, the actual specific dates have not been announced, but we are anticipating it being, a, it's a three to four month closure and we're anticipating it being July through October timeframe again. So heads up on that. If you're a couple of years away from looping, um, still certainly possible to do the loop with those locks on the Illinois waterway that we're talking about closed for maintenance. Um, it just is going to take a little bit of extra preparation and a little bit of extra patience 
if you have to wait into October to leave Chicago and there's plenty of places to stay and wait for that right time to continue on when the lock maintenance is finished there. So, so Bill and Mindy, um, tell us about some of the favorite places you visited. What were your, some of your favorite stops? Canada. I mean, it's Especially. almost universal, Eskany Looper, almost without exception, Canada comes to the top of the list. Now, I got to do the Rideau, Mindy got to do the Trent Severin and mm -hmm. North Channel, and spectacular, beautiful, best cruising. In fact, Mindy's brother and sister-in-law came up to join us. Um, they met us at Port Severin. And spent five days cruising with us and they immediately went home sold their motor home and, and bought a boat um, <laughs> and said that that's this is just too good i think the pool at bay fine um or bay fin depending on your accent um that was one of the most enjoyable stops anchored out for two or three days hiked up the hill went swimming in the crystal clear lake it was that was really neat yeah so you talked about having learned your lesson with the may 1st deadlines being in new york um so you know about not promising to be in any specific place at a specific time and there's kind of an old looper adage that says you can tell uh, someone that you'll meet them at a certain place or at a certain time but you can't tell them both so you did bring family aboard after that. How did you make the arrangements for that to make sure that everybody was in the right place at the right time? Exactly the same way. We did, uh, we lingered at, um, specifically at, we lingered at uh, Port Severn because they had never been through a lock and we said, okay, we're just going to hang out here until you get here. Uh, you know, I had a reasonable window so they could experience going through a lock, although that lock isn't, 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 big. isn't an, an, one of the most awesome locks, but it, it qualified. Um, so they, they met us there. Um, I forget how they got there. Um, that wasn't all part of the problem, but getting them back from Killarney to wherever they had to get the bus or whatever back to where they had to pick up their car. That was, again, helpful people. There was uh, a young college student working part-time at the resort and said, well, I'll take them. And so we went off on a road trip. It was pretty cool. Yeah, and it, Canada is, of course, one of the highlights of the loop. And, and um certainly a popular place for loopers to have family members or friends come visit and much of it is remote. So getting back and forth from an airport can be a challenge, but everyone always seems to figure it out. There always seems to be a way if you're, if you're, uh, you know, dedicated to making it happen. And there's bus service from a lot of the points, the small cities along the Trent Severin to Toronto um, for an airport. We've had a lot of, of questions about that as well. So it certainly is possible. What other places? Go ahead. Go ahead, Bill. That Mindy had one of her favorites, and this takes a little preparation too. Was uh, when we got to Mackinac Island, mm -hmm. there there were a couple of bucket list items that we planned ahead for, um, 
One of them was on the Hudson River, plan on going off and go to the, the CIA, the Culinary Institute of America, and have a meal. That was high on our list. At least it was on my list. It was great. Um, a few other highlights in that particular area. And then another one was to have dinner in the main dining room at the Grand Hotel on, on Mackinac Island. And in order to do that, you have to pack the right clothes because without gentlemen a coat and tie and lady with a dress, uh, they don't let you in the dining room. And we got all gussied up and rode the horse-drawn carriage up to the front door of the hotel, and that was quite a night. So that's that was something worth doing. But you got to plan ahead for that. Yes, a lot of loopers don't have a jacket and tie aboard, that's for sure. That's not your standard looping attire. Nope. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the Culinary Institute, the CIA, is a highlight for a lot of people as well. And, and from what I understand, it has just very recently reopened after COVID. So this year's loopers that are uh, coming through that area now um, and probably are going to be held up for a little while by some of the lock maintenance issues on the Erie Canal. Um, can take the time on the Hudson and stop and have a, a great meal at the Culinary Institute of America where some of the top chefs are, are trained. So um, take Bill and Mindy's advice and make that stop. It's kind of a bucket list item. Um, any others along the way? Oh, favorite spots? Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, again, our daughter and son-in-law came to see us on the west coast of Florida and uh, we picked them up and it was really neat to have them fly in and pick them up in Punta Gorda. Mm -hmm. And remember I mentioned having emergency anchor drop because that was when they were on board, but were perfectly until we had guests aboard and then we had to do something. <laughs> and they thought it was exciting, we, you know, stuff's happening. But we went from Punta Gorda and made a stop out at uh, Caya Costa and anchored the boat, dinghy to shore, walked to the beach, picked up some shells, encountered an alligator on the way back in the dinghy. Yeah, um, <laughs> he was longer than the dinghy. Um, Hopefully you didn't have any small pets with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I have my daughter. <laughs> She's not watching um, but that was a, that was a nice spot, and and then we were able to come from there back to Fort Myers, and then they got so it was a, a great way for them to fly in and out of the same airport, but we had this trip to kind of take them around on the boat for a couple of days, so it worked out great. Hey, you mentioned after the locks in 2019, after the Illinois waterway locks and some delays there. I think you mentioned Aqua Yacht Harbor was where you put the boat up for the next winter. We did. We stopped there, um, got there early, went home, and then came back pre-COVID uh, and wanted to go through the gorge on Tennessee River. And that was Thanksgiving or around Thanksgiving to see the leaves change. So we took the boat from Aqua Yacht Harbor, went to Chattanooga pre-COVID. Great spot to stop. If you're doing a side trip, there's some really cool things to see and do in Chattanooga. So then we came back, put the boat up for the winter, then returned to the boat, and 
uh, returned to the boat because we didn't have a place to live except on the boat because our house was in a major remodel boat. And to kill time waiting for hurricane season to subside, we took the boat again, this time all the way to the headwaters of the Tennessee, beyond Knoxville, and then down the Little Tennessee to the foothills of the Great Smokies and anchored out down there for a while. So we we did that whole river trip a couple of times, and um, and Aquiot Harbor was a great place to, to have the boat for the winter. For two two winters. So was the boat still at Aquayat Harbor when COVID really started to heat up or were you, were you already back aboard? No, well, no, it was, it was raging. Um, and we came back to the boat and, and we've been very careful and protocol. I mean, nobody came aboard the boat and that was one of the big disappointments. Um, if we didn't, post docktails uh, like we would have preferred to do, but everybody that came aboard for anything was masked. We washed hands a lot. We did all of those protocol things um, and, and we made it work. But it was not, again, when we went back to, um, we went back to Chattanooga and stopped on our way to uh, Knoxville, we had three fraternity brothers come see us there on the dock and we social distanced and sat on the dock and everybody was masked and did all that so and we didn't get to go to restaurants we the only time we went into an indoor setting in in a public environment was to go grocery shopping and then we were very careful so a lot of the socializing and, and restaurant dining was off the board yeah, and I think that was probably, you know, one of the larger changes for those who were able to continue looping in 2020 um, was that a lot of that camaraderie was lost because of the social distancing. And of course, you can social distance aboard fairly easily, but the loop is a pretty social trip. So I have heard from a lot of people that they really missed that aspect in a large part of 2020. So, um, yeah. you know, things do seem to be normalizing. We're very excited to get back to in-person events coming up this fall. So um, hopefully we can get back to a sense of normalcy on the loop. Um, what are some of your, your best memories? And I know when we start to talk about the stories of the loop and some of the memories, often the things that um, come up are the challenges because it's an accomplishment. It's always a fun story, you know, like your first day out. Um, you know, it, it's very common to talk about some of those challenges as the stories you remember. But what are some of your other memories of the loop that you might want to share. Yes. I got to celebrate my birthday on Cushy Business uh, at, at uh, Winter Harbor. Um, we got to meet people along the way that had not seen in years, uh, high school classmates, uh, one uh, we saw at the beginning of the Erie Canal, another one, two others we saw just recently in Fort Myers, um, uh, another fraternity brother in Daytona Beach, two in Daytona Beach. Um, and the people that are kind of 
in your in your um, in your history that you get to visit with in places that you wouldn't otherwise normally go. Uh, that was that was kind of cool. And I think you talked about seeing all the different wars. Yeah, it's a history lesson, and again, it goes back to Harkin. Pay attention, absorb what you're going by. Take time. I, there's nothing wrong with doing this loop in a year, but I think going at a little slower pace and taking advantage of all the places to eat and all of the history to see. We saw the, um, the Civil War, the Revolutionary War, the War of 1812, the French and Indian War. We, When we were at Aqua Yacht Harbor, we visited Shiloh uh, Battlefield from the Civil War. Um, if you stop and take a moment and kind of let it sink in as to what really happened here and what that meant. Um, that's part of the experience that it, 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 being there uh, and and kind of envisioning how that all happened. Um, that, that, that's Absolutely. kind of moving. So. You know, speaking of, of, of moving, I don't know if it was a moving moment for you, but tell us about your weight crossing because it was less than a week ago. Um, and since you looped for, for three years, that was a little bit of more time than some take. So what was that moment like leading up to that spot where you were crossing your wake and when you actually did and raised the gold virgie? Tell us about that day. Bindi said, are we there yet? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, we had the, the spot marked on the chart plotter. You know, we knew when we when we came past the the uh, confluence of the St. Johns River and Sisters Creek, that was the spot. Um, we had a bottle of champagne that was giving given to us the day that we started the trip, and had been on the boat the entire time. And when we get, we didn't open it there. We we do have a rule. We don't drink when we're underway, even a little. Um, and when we got into the dock, um, one of the pictures that I sent you was um, uh, us with the gold burgee and that bottle of champagne. So we popped that, and the dock master here uh, shared that with us. And that was it. It was. It was celebratory on one hand and a little bit of kind of like, okay, what's next? You know, a little bit of a, I don't know what to do now. You know, um, What's next is a big question. Um, and, and we hear it from a lot of, of gold loopers is um, post-loop letdown is a real thing. Yeah. Um, after focusing on, you know, kind of a, a specific goal for so long and now you've achieved it. And then what's next is a good question. Um, and I'm, I'm, thinking you probably don't know quite yet what's next for you since you just crossed your wake. Um, but kind of talk to us a little bit about that, what goes through your head as you, you kind of deal with that post-loop letdown and, and pondering what might be next. I think that the best advice would be, and this is, you know, note to self as much as anything, don't, don't rush into starting your loop 
and don't rush into making decisions when you finish your um, After Mindy's brother came and went with, they, they had lived on a sailboat for a number of years on the West Coast in San Diego, and they sold that, bought a house, and then they came, and they had cruised with us once on the St. John's River before we started the loop, and then again up in Canada, I went home and decided they needed a boat. So they chose to buy a Ranger Tug, 31-foot trailer bolt. And for them, that makes a lot of sense. And they came to Mindy and said, you know, as soon as you guys finish the loop, you ought to sell that boat and buy one of these tugs, and we could go cruise around and trailer around and do all that together. I was quite surprised at Mindy's response. She said, you know what? Our next boat is First of all, she said, our next boat, now I'm really encouraged, <laughs> our next boat is not going to be smaller, it's going to be bigger. So, who are you and what have you done with <laughs> Um So, uh, we're not going to do anything, but I can't imagine, I can't imagine being boatless for anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Um he might, again, you know, like I said earlier, there is no perfect boat. This one comes pretty close for what we wanted to do. We learned a lot from being on other people's boats about certain features that we wish we had that we don't have, um, compromises that we might be willing to make. All of them cost more money than what we have invested in this boat. Um, but we, we have, and I'm not going to name names, we have some dear friends that we've made on the loop that shortly after they completed the loop, they sold their boat. Um, maybe that particular couple is, I know they're looking at something and they put roots in it. They, had, they were full-time liveaboard. And now that they're going to be located in a particular spot near the water, they'll get a different kind of boat. And another dear friend, um, who completed the loop more than once, sold his, sold their boat shortly after, um, because they were going to go do the trailerable thing and then decided that Ooh, that's on second thought. Maybe I like the idea of being on a forty-plus foot boat rather than a thirty-plus foot boat. So, for though, because we watched what they went through, I think the best advice is breathe, hearken to uh, to uh, what what's really going on, and, and don't make any rash decisions. Um, on the front end of that, I think it's important to, to mention for the benefit of the planners and the about-to-looper folk in the group, um, yes, you, you, should go and, you should go and get started. Don't start too soon. There's, there's a fine line between rushing in and being ill-prepared and waiting uh, and postponing in the expectation that you're not prepared enough. 
there's middle ground in there. So don't go off and do something that you're not prepared to do. But, you know, there is there is a certain element of the unknown. Uh, there's a learning that will happen along the way. You'll be a much better boater when you've gone through a cruising season in waters that you're not familiar with. Every new day is a new challenge, a new set of buoys, a new set of currents and tides. Um, travel with somebody else, but but go do it. You know? That's Alan Lloyd's, Alan Lloyd's book is a must-have on board. Um, and that is um, Right Reef Navigation Notes, if there's anybody watching who's not familiar with Alan Lloyd's book. Alan um, is a platinum looper. He's been around multiple times. And Great Loop Navigation Notes is his book. Um, really, a lot of loopers call it a must-have. Um, it's, it's kind of a guidebook that gives you information on um, waypoints and locks and phone numbers to call for the locks and bridges to open and things like that. So definitely check that out if you have the opportunity. We are starting to get a little low on time. Any other tips or advice that you have for those who are still planning for the Great Loop? Uh, attend at least one rendezvous somewhere. Um, get to know other loopers, learn from them. Um, here's one piece of equipment that you should not leave the dock without. It's one of these. This is a very sharp knife. Everybody on the boat should have one in their pocket. This one I can open with one finger and I actually had to use it in Ottawa and cut a line that got hung up in the lock. Um, that is a must-have piece of equipment. Other that's, than that's a great advice because I don't think enough people mention that actually. It doesn't come up that often. Um, but yes, it's something that you should have when locking through because lines can get hung up and, and you had to cut one and, and others have had to cut one. So um, absolutely, that is a needed piece of equipment that doesn't get talked about enough. So thank you for that. Any others, any other tips? Have fun. Don't worry, it's gonna be okay. The boat can take a lot more punishment than you can. Um, be prepared for the unexpected. Fog can roll in at the worst possible time, like when you're approaching the jetties going into Atlantic City and the visibility is less than 50 yards. Um, if you have equipment on the boat, learn how to use it, like radar, use it when the weather's great and you can understand what's going on out there. So when you really need it, it's not, oh my God, I've never seen this before. You know, you, you, can, you can use it uh, to your advantage. Those are the big things. Uh, take your time. You may only pass this way. You may never pass this way again. So as you're passing, take advantage of what's there to see, uh, the history, the sites, the experience. It's experience. It's an adventure. Excellent. Bill and Mindy, it's been a pleasure having you both. There were some great nuggets of information and inspiration woven all throughout this. So thank you for sharing so many details of what you experienced and, and tips for others. I think a, a lot of people will 
will learn and really take pause and think about what you've said and, and learn from that and take action based on that. So thank you for sharing with us. It's been great having you and congratulations again on earning the gold Fergie. Thank you. It's out front. And if anybody wants to uh, ask a question offline, mv.harkin at gmail.com, we'd be happy to respond. Wonderful. Thank you both. Enjoy the rest of your evening. And thank you to everyone who has joined us on Facebook tonight. We do these bi-weekly, so we will be back uh, two weeks from today with our next episode. And until then, safe cruising, everyone. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks for having us, Kim. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.